This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, why do we need to be better speaking about our situation, our lives, and sharing our mental health? This is why. A very deep conversation on this topic with goaltender Kelly Rudy. Kelly shares his heart as an amazing broadcaster and what he goes through day to day, and he wanted everyone to know uh, that you're not alone, and I wanted him to know that he's amazing at leading by example. On the Millennial on the radio, Ryan O'Donnell shares his respects for Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman he grew up with who passed away over the weekend at a very young age. And are you okay? with parrots, in particular one very cute Canadian bird who is a worldwide superstar. This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with parrots? With a P. With a P. Parrots Parrots with a P. Yeah, of course. Parrots are cool. They, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if I'd want to live with one. Uh, we had family friends growing up. They didn't have parrots. I don't remember what type of bird it was. But even though they were perfectly pleasant animals, they would always be awake at 6 o'clock in the morning and be mm-hmm. constantly like making lots of noise. And I don't think even if your bird is super well-trained, you're going to get through that. So for that reason, I would never own a bird. But I think they're really cool animals. Cool. All right. BK? Yeah, I'm okay with parrots. Um, my mother had a hat, or oh, had, no, she gave it away. I don't think it was a parrot, though, but it was it was a talking bird. Um, it was her current husband's bird, um, but it spoke in his, t- like, absolute awful Western New York accent. It was funny. Oh, so really? It would just be like, <gasps> ham sandwich ham sandwich and it's just like coming from a bird it's just like oh where's the double ghoul yeah (laughs) i love that john's gonna have a ham sandwich it's just like okay (laughs) wow um i it's a big commitment because birds live forever (laughs) like yeah like if you have a parrot and expensive and if the parrot gets lippy Right, catches on to maybe some of your bad habits, and now for the next, I don't know, how long do parrots live for? 20 years, you got this lippy parrot sitting in the corner, basically being critical of you. It's like having your ex kicking around, you know, for a long period of time. So I I don't know. I mean, they're pretty, and they're awesome. I just don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could have that little chatterbox. You know, I like in the morning when Harlow, my dog, my great Dane, and she talks in the morning when she stretches. When she does her morning yep. stretches, but that's it. Not, not if it spoke in a sultry buffalo accent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a weird one. That's, that's a weird one. It's bizarre. I love it though. Ham sandwich. Ham sandwich. Does Polly want a ham sandwich? Maybe Polly wants Polly a want a does Polly want to go viral on TikTok? A bird named Kiwi, two-year-old Indian redneck parakeet from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Dartmouth, uh, is an internet celebrity, and his climb to fame happened by chance. The talkative parrot first found stardom, it's Nova Scotia after all, when owner Tamara Mercer posted a video of him that went viral on TikTok. So the first video that I posted about him was the first time he ever told me he loved me. I love you. I love you. I love you. And that went crazy. And so from there, we got the TikTok up to two and a half million followers. And then I just started a few months ago my YouTube adventures.
Their YouTube channel, Tamara's Blue Chicken, has 300,000 followers and has earned them a YouTube Creator Award. Mercer says their content brings his fans an immense amount of joy and says people will turn to their social media pages when they're having a bad day. Just because he's so positive and loving and it definitely puts a smile on their face and that's just ideally what we want to what we want to spread is just positivity and love. I love you. Kiwi can also give high fives, call their family dog, and most recently has learned how to wave. And his impressive vocabulary is roughly 100 words. <laughs> he'll come close to my mouth and he'll put his beak on my lips. So he'll just like that. And then I'll speak and he'll typically eventually pick up the words. Now, I quoted this bird just today. You should know. This bird is so amazing. Mercer has recently started selling Kiwi merchandise, which has been wildly successful. Kiwi plushies and keychains. Some of his sayings are sent to places including Malaysia, Spain, Australia, just to name a few. She says she fills the orders daily to keep up with the requests in what has now turned into an unlikely business venture. And are you familiar? This is the um, this is the what happened bird. Yeah. Does the kisses? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, what the bird does, the give kisses, then and then something like she'll do something, and she go, and the bird will go, "What happened?" And it's uh, it's the coolest thing ever. And so, even today, Mel and I were cooking in the kitchen, dropped something, and both of us went, "What happened?" Whoa! Do you realize that this has gone full circle? The parrot was imitating her owner and now you are imitating the parrot the parrot imitating a person that's freaky that's some ooh. i i think though, cool, though in the future you have to do it what he happened he, he, he happened yeah throw a little that buffalo. bird kiwi the bird is so amazing it's a great bird so i think what we need to do is we need to get kiwi the bird on the shift Oh, I'm so, so very down. I would love to maybe uh, see if uh, she can maybe do some research beforehand. I would love to hear a parrot go, that's a typo. <laughs> do that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Selfish. I want to hear it. I want to hear what happened. I want to hear it's the shift. I want to hear all the things. I want to hear the bird. I want to hear the bird do all the things. Hey, you never always should be careful because I'm the one impersonating the bird. Maybe the bird gets the show. Maybe it's going to be the shift with Kiwi the bird if I'm not careful. Oh, boy. Um, there you go. Nova Scotia. Amazing. Internet famous. And um, and just it's in my it's in my uh, it's in my every day now. This Your psyche bird mm-hmm. all the time. Are you OK with medium rare beef? Le beef. The beef. I would the best way. Medium rare is the best way if you go to a really really nice steakhouse you know you could try rare or even blue which is like very rare but just when in doubt medium rare it's just the best mm-hmm. way to go you keep the flavor and the juices the juice. mm-hmm. it's the juice man it's all about the juice bk how do you take your steak uh yeah i would do, do the medium rare i used to like to to really make my chef friends angry and be like uh, burn it to a crisp actually mm. they would get so mad at that and then i'd be like mm. i'm gonna put some hp sauce and ketchup on it and then they would get really mad <laughs> oh, as well yeah, oh, don't dude. ever say that to British a chef breakfast right yeah. there 
my uh, my buddy Drew, he's from Trinidad, and he always tells a story when we go for steaks because he likes to have his steak well done. Um, and he always wanted it um, cooked, cooked properly. And so when uh, he talk, talks about it, his very first steak in Canada and how it was medium rare and he couldn't eat it. And how a medium rare, what they used to say in his family was, it was a waste of a good stew because um, medium rare was the way to go. Now, he's thoroughly become Canadian because he was very young when that happened and uh, loves the medium rare now. But still, when he comes over, he's that guy. He will get your, he will get the steak and he will have it well done. That's his, that's his preference. That's how he grew up. So not everybody's there with us. But I would say the medium rare, too. It's the happy medium between well done and rare. Rare beef, as long as it's a good cut, will be very edible. Uh, blue rare is basically pss, pss, That's it. You're done. Cold in the middle. It's not an emergency. And yet a woman in Louisiana thought that maybe it was medium rare, or at least beef that's rare. A woman in Louisiana thought that pink meat would be the death of her. So what did she do? Did not call the waitress back. Called nine one one. Yes, I had ordered some food from there, and the uh, barbecue is pink. And I asked for either for them to cook it some more or exchange my order. And they're saying that the meat is supposed to be pink. And I asked for them to change my order, so they said that they're not giving my money back or they're not going to um, trade out the food. Okay, so the restaurant in question, Clyde Cooper's Barbecue. In the call you just heard, they responded to the situation. They explained to the woman the barbecue was supposed to be pink, and even if it were cooked longer, it would stay that way. So Clyde Cooper's Barbecue says that they gave the woman chicken since she was unhappy with her order. Now, if the chicken was pink... That's a different story. <laughs> Don't do that. Uh, that was from Fox News, by the way. And there's no joke here. She called 911 because of her bad order. Clyde's Barbecue said the owner and its employees tried to explain the woman that the barbecue turns pink when it's smoked. Even if it were cooked for longer, it would stay pink, which is true. The slow cooker, if you will. Um, she was not having it. She left them a one star on Yelp after calling 911. That's you know just what? mean. Nine one one should have a a Yelp system for people who call. <laughs> Great callers. To be honest, with yeah. some of the calls I get here, um, surprised she didn't call me. Just be like, yeah. my steak wasn't cooked. Do oh, a segment. No. <laughs> Do a segment. Do you a should segment. talk about it. Oh, that's so wild. Uh, please don't bad. phone BK and uh, especially about your and steak. get mad at him. Especially for things I say. That's another thing. Um, that's funny, but you do take, let's, okay. Little inside baseball. we got 30 seconds. Um, you do take, people will call you to complain about strange things going on in their lives, right? Oh, all the time. I've had a few tonight even. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nighttime radio is the fun, fun radio, man. We, I love you guys for, for all of your wild quirks that, uh, that are here, but we all have them. So it's cool. Appreciate you. This is The Shift Podcast. I'm Shade Hewitt. It's The Shift. Kelly Rudy is uh, here joining us. It's just great to reconnect, Kelly. It's been a minute. Um, uh, Great to see your face. Handsome as ever. I think you get younger. I don't know how you do that. 
right? Inching, inching towards 62, my friends. So That's I'm crazy. In there, like you've right? been hit in the head with so many pucks in your lifetime when you were younger and yet you get better looking. Like, how does that work? <laughs> it's funny. It reminds me of a story, uh, uh, about uh, Igor Larionov many, many years ago. So when Igor was still a player and I was a broadcaster early on in my career, I had known Igor for a number of years and I went up to him because he looked so young, right? All, you know, he's maybe close to 40 or in his 40s when he quit playing. And I said, Igor, what is the secret, my friend? You look amazing. <laughs> and he goes, Kelly, it's two glasses of wine every night. It's not one, it's not three, it's two. So then post-retirement, uh, I saw him somewhere. I go, Igor, two glasses of wine a night. He goes, well, I can't promise that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's good advice, though. I'll take it. That's fantastic. Uh, Kelly Rudy, if you uh, if you recognize the name or maybe you recognize the voice, uh, former NHL goalie and broadcasts um, with the Hockey Night in Canada crew uh, on like 17 different networks these days, it seems like. You guys are everywhere. And currently on the road... Uh, doing the Flames games. And let's just start there. Uh, you, you're such an advocate for mental health. And through the course of COVID, you did share some of the some of the things that you went through. We'll talk about that. But you, um, you're out now. You're free, man. Set the bird free. This is lots of sports broadcasters aren't traveling. You guys have started now. How does yes. that feel to get out again and get moving? Oh, boy. Where do I start, Shane? So, uh, it's been good and bad for me. As you mentioned, I've been sharing with my mental health and uh, I haven't posted anything about that in a while because I've been doing so well. And then this trip, uh, going on this trip got the best of me. So I had, uh, interestingly enough, I didn't have a good uh, travel experience uh, two times last year when I had to travel for uh, Sportsnet. I had to go for the first start of the or first game of the season last year in Anaheim. That didn't go well for me. I did talk about that in my postings. Uh, I went around New Year's uh, to Seattle. I didn't enjoy that experience. Strangely enough, I did because I had been in such a good place from around March on. I really enjoyed my time in Toronto during the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I especially enjoyed my time in Denver and Tampa for the final. So I'm thinking, okay, I have a great summer. And I'm then in September, I'm planning out my travel for the first three months or so of this flame season and i see this is my first trip on the road so this is my first trip uh, to long island new jersey and boston and then i go back to toronto i've been going to toronto every week now for three weeks or so um and that had been going really well and then for whatever reason shane my brain decided that i didn't need to go on this trip and so it was a real battle um on this weekend, Friday, I, you know, I've been battling. My wife even said she knew that I was off for the last little while. And I was worrying about this trip. And, but I was able to get through Saturday somehow on uh, hockey night. Mm -hmm. And uh, in fact, I somehow convinced my brain that this trip will be good for me. And once I get through it, I can prove to myself I'm okay. And I, I have. In fact, I'm enjoying myself. So I'm curious to see when I fly back on Friday, Toronto, how I am Saturday. And I'm hoping, because I have to go on the road again in about 10 days, I'm hoping that this lousy experience is something that will be turned into a positive, that I can prove to my brain, the bad part of my brain that kind of wants to ruin me, I can prove to it that nothing bad is going to happen to me. I'm perfectly fine traveling on the road. 
Yeah. And uh, many people might find that strange as a guy who traveled for his professional career right. for so long, right? Like, um, so it, it, I'll ask questions, of course, and answer as appropriate for you or if it's not fair ball, mm-hmm. because it does make me curious about things, Kelly. And I know you like to share stuff. Yeah. Um, does it come up as worry for you? Is that where you start to notice it? Just preoccupied? I'm, I'm hoping that we can, for some other people that might not they might think they're just a worry wart, um, but they could have some other things going on that some tools could help them. Is that how it starts for you when you start to become aware of it? Well, it's changed for me. And that's the interesting thing. That's why I'm curious to go back to Toronto. I don't know if I'm having feelings about Toronto again and Saturday nights, or if this is something new and I'm trying to understand this. When I first started having my thoughts in twenty, the summer 2019, they were entirely different. They were just, they were, uh, giving me irrational thoughts about I couldn't do the job anymore and I was not good enough and these sorts of things that would uh, complicate going on air on weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have it for traveling for flames back then. Uh, it, that just started last year. Um, I think that if I'm trying to, I'm still trying to figure this out. I, it, it was just something to do with not the work itself. It was uh, getting on the road by myself and traveling and going through security and all these ridiculous things that you mentioned. I've been doing this for so long. I've been traveling on my own for hockey for 24 years. Mm -hmm. Why this would uh, become a a negative to me, I'm still trying to figure out. Having said that, as you know from our discussions and also my social media postings, I see somebody for my mental health. I haven't for a little bit but uh, it will be priority number one when I get back home. Well, and please take that suggestion from Kelly. I also uh, will share with you with an open heart that I see Patty. I call her my Patty. Kelly and Mm -hmm. I have talked about this before. I see my Patty. I book her at least every two weeks. Um, I'm, I'm lucky because she's very good at also just professional advice. So uh, the belief that, that Patty put in front of me, Kelly was that, you know, we're going to talk about what we need to talk about anyway, because one of two things is going to happen. And this is where these psychologists are so good. You're either going to talk about what you feel like you want to talk about, or you're compelled to talk about, or you're going to avoid what you don't want to talk about. So a good psychologist is going to listen to what you're saying and also what you're not saying. Trust their experience because, and get in front of them and just, I don't feel like I have anything to say, but that's okay. Sometimes you just need to find your way with that. Is, Is that how it works for you too? Um, Yes and no, I think because I'm very open and uh, I don't like feeling this way, so I, I share a lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and so I don't think we necessarily have those conversations when I'm not doing very well because I'm very uh, to the point. Uh, in fact, when we first sit down, a small talk may last 20 seconds and then I just dive right into it. Good for uh, you. Yeah. Um, and then we will have those days. In fact, Uh, I went every single week for months and months, uh, and then I started back off and then we both came to the conclusion that maybe I could take a week off and see how that was. And it was really good. Uh, I think I took two or three weeks off and I just needed the comfort of being back in the, the office with my person. And, uh, and we didn't even talk about my mental health. I was just doing really well. We'd maybe talk a lot about hockey. Uh, they happen to be a hockey fan and so, uh, it was just comforting to me to know that I was in a safe place. It seems so strange, Kelly. I think for people who watch you on TV, 
to hear and see you like you are so good at what you do like you are so natural and so good you are and it um and i've been doing this for a long time and we have a lot of friends in common and and uh but you are so good at what you do and so natural and all those things people may find it hard to believe that the same guy sometimes hits a wall when he's trying to get on a plane or pack his bag or or go through security on a plane that that might seem strange to them I know. <laughs> That's why it's important, right, to share it. Yeah, it is kind of strange in that, um, you know, I can still do it. And I guess it's a good thing that I can fake it when I'm not doing very well, that I can still be on the show on Saturday. And uh, the great thing is I feel really safe on set because uh, my producers all know, in particular one guy, Brian Spear, that he is the he is the brains behind Saturday nights. And he's our go-to and he's our – uh, the person, if you like our show on Saturday, it's all Brian Spear. And mm-hmm. uh, we, the people on the on the desk, seem to sort of, you know, we're either we get the credit or the blame, but it's Brian Spear that puts all the content together, and he knows about my struggles. And so that's really good for me. Yeah, that he can read that stuff too, hey? Um, yeah. So do you take a look? Do you take that sort of step out of it? I mean, that cognitive cognitive piece of life is when you can step away and just kind of look at it, right? You can lift up and say, okay, well, what's going on right now? Like, this is weird. And take a look at that. Is there any experience of that? Because you've alluded to it when you were sharing your story about travel there, that, um, you know, this ability to sort of step away and, you know, what's going on here? You said, I think, to to quote you more directly was, I haven't figured that part out yet. Are you able to step away and observe yourself a little bit? Kind of. I think whether it's stepping away or observing or just... um, realizing that my thoughts are irrational and that's what caitlin taught me many years ago caitlin taught donna and i both that about her thoughts being irrational and then that's when that's where i have to really work at it when my thoughts are uh uh bothering me i if i look at it in a reasonable way i see that they're irrational and so uh i think did you i think you may have seen the post where i carry a laminated index card with me now again Mm -hmm. in my wallet and so i look at that and uh, there's six points on there um and if if somebody is choose to do that you could i'm sure you'd have your own personal points on there what uh, you need but one of the things that the last point in fact which i is really important to me because i was doubting myself so much is that uh, the person uh helping me one of the very first things they said when i told them about what i'm experiencing they said well kelly you deserve this success and i had never really allowed myself that thought right I, I kept grinding away and uh you know my brain was telling me you know all the things that i'm not good enough and this won't last very much longer and that simple line really helps me yeah you know what i do deserve this success i worked mm-hmm. hard and i worked uh, uh at this craft for a lot of years and uh, there's no shame in saying i deserve this success now, this is selfish of me, but if you could put a seventh line on that card that says, Shane thinks you're awesome, and then if it helps. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's very cool. I like it. Yeah, that'd be great. I love that. I mean, I mean it though. Like we all get to enjoy this experience of Kelly Rudy all the time. And and the I acknowledge the open heart that you come with in my preparation for today, Kelly. I said to you that there was a conversation I had had with my friend Chad and, and Chad and I had a big conversation about lead by example. Mm-hmm. And I thought of you. I thought yeah. of you um, because you do that so naturally uh, in all of your days. You do it with your hockey heart, right? And then you do it with your grandpa heart and your dad heart and your husband heart. Like 
And yep. you do. And you, you lead by example all the time. And that's really was my intention of, of this conversation was to <laughs> let's tell Kelly that he leads by example and I love it. That's really what it boils down to. And, um, I think you do that every day. So not everybody, um, leads by example or think realizes they lead by example. Now, some people might lead by example by just being a good business person. Not everybody is going through the same kinds of things that I go through or that you go through in in your distinct way. How important is it to live into it, lead by example, not maybe hide from it or try to fake it all the time and just to kind of own it. How has that part hit you? It's been actually uh, heartwarming and, and rewarding both at the same time, because when I started to share my story, um, and by the way, I got all my strength from Caitlin, because mm-hmm. if she can share her story, and uh, then I thought, well, you know what, I, I think I can share my story, and it might help some people. Yeah, well, um, just before so- you continue that, Caitlin is Kelly's daughter, and we're going to talk about that in one second, so yeah. Um, and uh, so when I had posted on social media Shane the the feedback I received was overwhelming um and it was uh I I found I hope this doesn't come across as kind of weird but I felt like I had a connection with uh, all the people that shared their thoughts with me it was really cool because somehow because I think social media can be mean and terrible and all these different things and I found it super cool that I was able to connect with all these people on social media, total strangers, and that we have a community together. Um, it was it was really cool. Again, we'll talk about Caitlin, but Caitlin and her husband Hayden uh, had an outdoor market in Calgary in uh, early September. And I went there and I posted that I was going to be there and a complete stranger came up to me and uh, he shared with me his laminated index card total oh, wow. read all those points to me and uh it was awesome we hugged it out um and you know how cool is that seriously That's like two, That's so men, cool. two strangers and he's sharing with me his index card i showed him mine um and it was just really heartwarming i i don't know any other way to describe it well it, it- it calls in my mind when you say that um, from that conversation I just had with Chad that I feel like I should share with you is that one of my stands that I take in my life uh, that it sounds like you're doing in yours, uh, the way that I describe it is in leading by example, the way that men speak to men, Yeah. when men learn how to speak to men, that's when our relationships with women and our children change. And that's where we have the opportunity to practice that all the time. And so yeah. for me, I, um, I see that with you that, 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 you know, in that story in particular, that that's what you're doing, right? Like you're, you're allowing space for just space and yeah. that's a great place to start. Okay. More good days. It's more good days, clothing.com by the way, and new, uh, some new designs, which are really cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I so have, you got to buy you know, them. Yeah. Here's what I'm wearing to dinner tonight. Here's one of the older designs, but I love that it's one. nice and warm. It's a hoodie. Yeah. And here's this one. And uh, I'm wearing that to dinner here in Boston tonight. And you're so right. I'm so proud of Hayden and Caitlin. Hayden, as you know, is the artist. And uh, he's he always comes up with new designs. Um, I have to buy, by the way, I we buy, Don and I buy most of their products, but I have to buy their new toque. It looks so cool. And, it does uh, look cool. I have the older style, but I need the new one. So that will be one of my projects when I get home. 
It is called, uh, it actually is, this is, this is the cool part. It's actually called More Good Days 2 version 2. <laughs> right? <laughs> I know, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I love it. The, uh, that's one of the gifts that I'm giving myself for Christmas, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to order it, and I'm going to wrap it up. And cool. I'm going to, I'm going to sanctify myself a little bit and uh, it's going to be the black one because the, the, the black, the new reflective looking one yep. is, uh, is really my style too, which is cool. So it's, 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 I like it. So that hoodie that you're talking about, that's the one I wear home every uh, Sunday on my oh, really? Canada flight home from uh, Toronto. I wear that. In fact, my suitcase here in my hotel room in Boston is right over there and that is sitting right in my suitcase to be worn on Sunday when I fly back. Home. Oh, that's good. You got the warm, you got the warm cuddlies for the ride home. I love it. Symbolism is great. I need pockets because I'm I'm old and I get cold now, so I have to make sure I have pockets. <laughs> so I can put my hands in the hoodie on the flight this, home. I don't know what's happened, <laughs> Kelly. Maybe you can advise me because you're a little bit older than me. But the like this year. Like when you yeah. turn 40, men don't tell men, by the way, never trust a fart. Sorry, that's very direct, but like, that's funny. Uh, but I mean, so there's things that we don't tell each other that we need to tell each other somehow this year. And you know how cold yeah. it's been in Calgary, but yeah. I cannot get my feet warm. Like all of a sudden out of the blue, I'm like, I'm like, I just think I aged. I think that's what happened. I woke up and now I'm cold always. It's funny. And I know people will laugh and, uh, but and I am a grandparent, so that's perfectly normal for me. But in the studio, when I'm off air, I take off my uh, suit jacket and I instantaneously put on a sweater, warm <laughs> sweater to wear around the studio uh, for when we're watching the games and stuff. Everybody laughs at me, and I feel uh, like a grandpa, which I am, and I, I'm perfectly happy with it. Everybody else is just in their shirt and tie yeah. uh, and in my nice warm sweater. We'll have to wait for the day that Kevin Bieksa puts a rocking chair and replaces your leather chair with a rocking chair, hey? Or somebody's going to post it. Here's Grandpa Rudy with his nice warm right. sweater on. Let's hope that Kevin doesn't hear this broadcast because that <laughs> don't give away. That is the last guy that needs more ideas, I think. Um, so you've done a lot of work, Kelly. A lot of people don't know that um, you know you've done a ton of work. I mean. I would imagine as a sports guy, uh, although it was a different era of sports that, you know, sports psychology was different back then and motivational coaching was different back then. Um, but you have had a lot of people that have stepped into your life and, and given you motivation. You know, I know that you've popped into Tony Robbins stuff every now and then and say hello. And, yeah. and you know, people like that have had big impacts on you. I thought maybe you could give the gift to other people here before we're done a little bit of you know, what it's like to find someone, just another person that that just inspires you, that has things that you can learn from them and just really embracing and surrendering yourself to those people. Because I think, first of all, goalies are weird, right? Like as a breed, <laughs> you guys are different from the get-go. And then yet you've come and you've done it not only as just for fun and then as a job and then a full career, and then you've been able to embrace it and surround yourself with really great people. Yeah, wow. Where do I start? There have been so many people that uh, uh, I've been fortunate to connect with that uh, really inspire me. Uh, Michael Landsberg, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Michael, what he's done and uh, what he's done for our uh, country and for mental health uh, in his own unique way is somebody I really count on. Uh, I think Corey Hirsch does amazing work. Clint Malarchuk. Uh, I think when uh, I read Bruce Springsteen talking in his book about the battles he's had, that's super inspiring to me. Um, you know, 
I think the the person that put me on this journey to getting better is Barry Melrose for sure. He was my coach in LA when I went through my first mental health uh, episode, which I didn't know was related to mental health at the time. He's the one that connected me to Tony Robbins and we had all our meetings one-on-one, which was uh, just incredible to think of where I was and how, in fact, kind of crazy how quickly Tony was able to get me out of that spot. So there's so many people and I just, you know, I love reading and I, I see so many people posting on social media about uh, mental health and uh, I just love that. I just love the strength that people have and how we're all talking about it now and absolutely no shame whatsoever. It's the best part about it. Um, MoreGoodDaysClothing.com is Caitlin's uh, clothing, and the invitation is still always there to bring Caitlin. Um, and and I would love that conversation to to do that if she's ever inclined to come and join us. Um, oh, she would for sure. That's yeah, and and I invite you to please check it out. I will have the link of MoreGoodDaysClothing.com at ShiftHeads.ca on our Facebook group, so people can easily click, which is which is awesome too. Kelly Rudy is now Kelly and I've met in person a couple of times over all the broadcast years uh, so long ago, but since we've been chatting um, really was uh, more closely is through COVID. So we have some friends in common that are close that actually introduced us and then, but we've actually not been able to get together and say hello uh, in, in person in this last season of, of this life. And, and I just need you to know that uh, I thoroughly enjoy what you do on TV. I do. I think that's great. Um, I feel lucky to know that uh, you're always there and that you're just that you're living your life this way and showing so many people that it's okay to just be there and it's okay to hold space and it's okay to have, you know, good days and it's okay for when the bad days happen to give yourself the grace. And that example you lead Kelly, I think it's so impactful. I admire you for it. And I just need you to know that it's not only me, I promise you that, but you inspire me um, for what you share here. You're so kind. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why you come back, eh? <laughs> I love it. It's great. It's uh, this will make my night, right? I'll you know have uh, great uh, thoughts going to dinner tonight, and I, I love that. I appreciate it, Shane. And two glasses of wine. Don't forget. <laughs> I like it, and some pasta maybe to you know really warm me up inside. This is the Shift Podcast. The millennial on the radio. It's Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, our young friend is the voice of a whole generation. That's for sure. He is located in Calgary and he's ready to go. They didn't even ask me if I wanted to be the voice of the generation. I just decided I was, which was a very millennial thing of me to do. Welcome yeah. to the Millennial on the Radio, and uh, we like to have some fun here. I like to shed some light on some issues that millennials find interesting, concerning, and uh, oh, some... Uh, oh, thank you. I almost forgot about... The, it's Sunday. Sorry, it's Monday. Oh, what a week already. Uh, let's get started. Now, I, I want to just say, if you're new to the Millennial on the Radio, since I started in November of 2020, I have had a regular segment as part of Millennial on the Radio called The Tweet of the Day where I would go on Twitter and find something funny or interesting or thought-provoking and celebrate it. And I don't know if you know this, but Twitter is kind of on fire. And so let's just talk about it while we can, because the uh, tweet of the day might be a ending segment, not because I want it to be, but because Elon Musk has determined it to be. Let's hit it. It's the tweet of the day. 
Elon Musk successfully buys Twitter and does some major changes to the app right out of the gate, uh, removing some of the moderation out of you know under the guise of free speech, that kind of stuff. And the big thing is implementing the change that you needed to pay for verification $8 a month to get the blue check mark, which would confirm that you are you. Um, and this was applying to everybody from uh, low level uh, D list celebrities like myself to uh, governments and policing, all of them. They would need mm. to pay for that $8 tag. Now, when I, I first didn't heard even, about that decision, I couldn't even get it, by the way. Yeah. Because I couldn't neither. prove that I was a journalist because I'm not a journalist. Yep. Nope. And um, even though I am published and I'm on the radio and there's a thousand web page hits um, for my name, I could not get the old school get verified check mark. Yeah. Uh, and I host a national radio show. Yeah. It's a, it was a tough Just to put it into I, context. Yeah. It, which isn't inherently a, a, well, I think you should just personally, this is no personal bias here, Shane, but I think you deserve a blue check mark. Thanks, buddy. But, yeah, welcome. But I th- I like the idea that you needed to go through a series of check marks to get the check mark. Now, some of it was a little outdated, and they probably could have refined it, yes. But the pay system is interesting. Now, when I first heard about it, I was a little bit conflicted because I don't think you should have to pay for verification, although I don't think there's anything wrong with monetizing your platform more when times are tough. That's just the way that our economy works. There's nothing inherently wrong with that. Fine. But there's just no way there. I thought to myself, there's no way that Elon Musk would remove all of the prior safeguards to getting that blue check mark and literally just put it behind a paywall. And yet he decided that was the case. Anybody could get that blue check mark if they were willing to pay. And the consequences of this are so ridiculous, not just on the app. They had they tanked parts of the stock market. Companies had crises because a couple of trolls on Twitter had some fun with the blue check mark. Here's an update for you. Just two days after the official launch, Twitter's new paid verification system has been shut down. Under the previous free system, the blue check marks meant someone's identity had been verified. But Elon Musk's subscription order, anyone a check mark for eight bucks a month, leading to a flood of fake accounts. Like this phony post from NBA star LeBron James asking for a trade. Drug company Eli Lilly announcing free insulin and users impersonating Tesla. Later, Eli Lilly posted an apology on their official Twitter after company stocks plunged from the phony free insulin announcement. Mr. Musk says suspending trolls is a top priority and tweeted he's killed the subscription program. It was such a catastrophe that it's already dead. It was only up for two days. Eli Lilly, which makes insulin in the United States, the, a, a fake account, so not the real one, somebody who uh, tweaked the name and the picture and got the blue check mark, tweeted, insulin is free now. Please enjoy. Which I don't know if you know this, in the United States, insulin is ridiculously overpriced it, to the point where sometimes drug companies will actually pay people to go to Mexico to bring insulin from Mexico into California. It is scary bad. And so the tweeted about that saying it's free and even though that was not true the stock market still crashed for them lockheed martin arms manufacturers said that they would be investigating the united states for human rights violations uh, and uh, and would pause all manufacturing and selling to them which was from a troll account and guess what lockheed martin's stock crashed and burned now obviously they rebound fast because it's fake but still it's just 
this is pure chaos. And I, d- I just don't understand how you would think removing that safeguard of this cannot be a troll that can get it is so bad. I mean, it's so stupid. Th- I th- the big thing that really shook me is government and police agencies. Okay, so a Amber Alert is issued. You get the notification. You go on Twitter and there's direct links. This is what the person looks like. This is who we're looking for. You can follow that directly. But if the police organization doesn't pay for the $8 verification, now there's another thing. And so now people might avoid going to Twitter and might have to look up something manually, which doesn't sound like that much of a problem. But in an emergency, removing a step and getting to the point quickly is important. So removing this is just defeating so many of the advantages Twitter had over its competitors. And it's no wonder that the decision was a complete catastrophe for Elon I'm worried about Twitter. I don't want it to die, but uh-oh, I'm worried. It's not going to die. He paid $44 billion for it. That's They're going to fix it. Um, <laughs> one way or another. But the um, he, I, it seems to me, and we've seen this before with businesses, that people come in and they're just like, ah, we're going to have a big impact. But keep in mind, he is a master of getting everybody's attention. He has also been accused yep. many times of manipulating the stock market because of the fact he would say things he's been fined before about um, different things he's done with Tesla. So, I mean, this is a guy that's very well aware that what he declares has an impact. Mm-hmm. And um, he is keeping Twitter. He, If Twitter doesn't change as soon as Elon takes over, it doesn't. it's not brand appropriate for him. Like, it needs yep. to have some sort of change instantly, good or bad or otherwise, where it shocks people into getting their attention. He's the kind of guy that does that. So, to me, I think it's I think it's on point for everything that he does. <laughs> on point. We'll have to wait and see, because he's playing his card, but we'll actually see if this can rebound or if maybe the Elon Musk method has hit a bit of a, a road wall, or I guess you could say a firewall. <laughs> Very oh, good. Okay. There it is. I did a little bit more of a heavier story, but I think it's cool I get to share this with you. Um, the Batman died over the weekend. And I recognize that's kind of a jarring statement. It's Batman. It's not a real person. It's a character. But it is true in a sense. Kevin Conroy. You may not know that name, but you probably know his voice. He was the voice of Batman. He is the voice of the Batman that millennials grew up with. He passed away after a private battle with cancer at the age of just 66, which is tragic. That's way too young. And uh, nobody knew, as, aside from family, I'm sure. But uh, it came as quite a shock to me. Uh, this is uh, crushing, actually, because after Batman 89 came out with Michael Keaton, uh, there was a huge boost in interest in the franchise. And Warner Brothers put together an animation division and created some of the best television I've ever seen that still holds up to this day that was animated Batman. And Kevin Conroy was the voice of that Batman. And he was so good. He was so good that he kept the mantle. He kept wearing the cowl in animation for decades, for decades, 30 years playing this character. And, you know, you might recognize Christian Bale's raspy sort of uh, voice from The Dark Knight, but this is a little bit of flavor of what Kevin Conroy was like if you're unfamiliar with it from the animation of the 90s. No, you are not my father. I am not a disgrace. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. 
just the just the best. He played. I did the math because I couldn't find the stat out there, so I just went on IMDb and counted his credits as Batman at least sixty different times playing Ooh. this character. Sixty. Really? And one of the things that was really powerful about Kevin Conroy's performance was that he understood that Batman was more than just beating up criminals. He really explored Bruce Wayne, the human side, the uh, the alter ego, and the weakness of losing your parents and feeling chained to this self-righteousness. And there were moments where he had a lot of fun with the character and moments where he was very serious. And it wasn't just animated TV shows. Animated films, video games, he even got to play them live action a couple of times. And Kevin was also a uh, LGBT advocate. He himself was gay, and uh, not that long ago, he uh, put out a comic book, his first writing about that experience, which is amazing exposure. And he was truly an inspiration on performance, voice acting, and I was really sad about this. This one really sucked because I could imagine him still being batman for as long like i I watched him as a kid when i was six years Mm -hmm. old i remember watching the show and now 20 years later he's gone but i watched one of my favorite films of his which is mask of the phantasm and he was incredible in that film and it still felt real it still packed a punch and what i want to leave you with is something directly from him this is a video that he, so if you're not familiar with the video, with the website Cameo, it's a place where you can pay celebrities to send you a voice and video message. And uh, this is one that got uploaded online. And I think uh, it's important to remember what he says here because it is um, uh, quite beautiful and has given me a little bit of comfort in the wake of his passing. Here it is. This is Batman calling you from Wayne Manor. The sissy told me that you're a big fan of Batman, and I really appreciate that. She also told me that your grandmother's passing. I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, I... I sat with both of my parents uh, on separate occasions uh, as they passed. And the thing to remember is... their spirit lives on. The body is just a a vessel Uh, and you really see that when someone passes so your grandmother will always be with you her spirit will always be in you Uh, the people we love are always with us people we love are always with us that's from kevin conroy direct to a fan and uh, after watching that movie and hearing his voice even knowing he was gone Uh, It's very much still there, and I think the coolest thing is that lives on forever, and I can't tell you how excited I am to show my kids those Batman movies and TV shows when they get older and when they exist. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 